Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents... Thank you.
sick to death of you frigging eel things. I'm not running anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. And if you or that master of yours think I'm going to be easy prey, you should all think again. You killed my brother. My brother. The only person who ever meant anything to me. And when I get to the top of these goddamn stairs, I'm going to kill every last monster responsible for all of this. Do you hear me? Do you hear me, Nychrist? Do you hear me? Because I'm... I'm coming for you. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing. I wasn't exactly sure who I was talking to, Nychrist or myself. Despite my new wardrobe of trailing nightmares, the dark was more than putting up a fight. Eel after eel after more eels. And the closer I got to the top of the stairs, <laughs> if I was getting closer to the top of the stairs, the more slime and leaking putrescence I was obliged to pick through. Eels of the more conventional sort twitched and squirmed from the piles and knots of slimy flesh where they lay, like they'd been tossed out of a barrel to die a slow death of asphyxiation, convulsing ornaments for the upcoming celebration of darkness. The massive footsteps made me question whether I was even awake, as I'd been dreaming every other time I'd encountered them. But the conjunction was finally in effect, the soul of the Night Christ now crossing over to join with its flesh, the small part of itself it managed to anchor within our world, the part that spilled damp and struggling from the guts of a gigantic writhing eel. Once the two were combined, all that power spilling up from below, from the bulge of endless night, there was just no telling what it all meant for the rest of the world. So much of the legend was tied up in several other, often conflicting interpretations. There was just no way to guess at the absolute scale of what was to happen. What was to happen if I failed? But it was a safe assumption, considering how much water the Lords of Nighthead had been carrying for this event, that the part of the legend that had the Night Christ making his way to the lost city of Undor was likely spot on. I could see them now, a solemn line of giant monsters, the apostates, walking slowly into the depths of Nighthead, a titan darkness behind them, the living shadow cast by the sins of the world. How would the other male factions react? The Wakeless, for instance, would they send ambassadors from New Victoria? Armies? Flowers? I'd even heard rumors of something unspeakable. An elemental of murder, no less, that had been born into the thickets of the September woods. And then there was the stuff overseas. The stories of living storms. The hollow gods. What would the world look like the day after? Not that I'd be alive to see, mind you. 
The top of the stairs finally came into focus, if not view. Space wheeled like a miniature galaxy, the prehistoric darkness tolling from beyond the endless line of unseen epics tucked deep into the bolgia of endless night. My shroud of nightmares twisted in the alien effulgence, apparently stimulated by a kindred wickedness, the symmetry, poetry of the perverse. I could feel it in myself, my own kindred evil, what I'd inherited at birth, thrilling at the prospect of a new world of darkness. The churning energy is likely to find a point of immediate connection between the physical world and the bolgia. The stairs leading to it just another solidifying halfscape, a transient realm formed from the emergent logics of the merging continua. Because this was a place of direct contact between the two realities, a nexus, they had to reach an agreement as to how to properly manifest. Clearly, due to the presently unresolved situation, neither reality was willing to accept the other's paradigm for what was to happen next. Though, after a few moments, a structure began to cohere, the darkness making its play, pushing out the brighter reality that still clung to the space around Marrows. The world shook, heaving from the tug of war between dimensions. But the dark had all its ducks in a row. The empowered serpent line, the blood sacrifices, the anchored manifestation of the Night Christ. The land of sunrises and solid stone didn't stand a chance. The darkness swept away the solidity of the previous paradigm, its laws nothing but a doomed physics of vanishing facts. In its place, a massive suspension bridge of sorts constructed from the interlocking black bones of a bygone abomination. Its denuded spinal remains lifted just above the surging sable waves of the oblivion black sea. The chains holding it aloft stretched dusky and silent into the gloom above. The body of darkened water, if it was water, swept out of sight in all directions, its surface writhing and pitching despite any obvious cause. I tilted my head at a new sound, Something scrabbling up the stairs at my back, moving clumsily ahead of the crashing footsteps slowly drawing closer from below. At this point, my condition was in rare form, making monsters from motes of dust and shadow, and my paranoia was off the charts. I didn't know if my pursuer was real or imagined, and it made no sense to linger to find out. I was on the straight and narrow now on a killing march that would lead me straight to the Night Christ. I hadn't even made it halfway across the unreasonable facsimile for a bridge when I noticed distant mountains of colorless flesh breaching the inky sea of pitch. Like leviathans of the dark Bolgia, they glided hungry and primal through blacked-out waters, rising and falling like whited tidal waves. Turning away from the shocking sights, I inclined my view to the edge of the bridge, and still there were horrors. Thousands of bodies, souls more likely, tumbling in the current. Inspecting more carefully, I could see that each limp figure was being pulled along via the pale tentacles wrapped around their bodies. The source of the squirming limbs lurked out of sight, likely too deep to be observed. 
I recognized a certain face where it drifted past. Baltus Kilroy. His pale eyes met mine. With a twinge of recognition, his colorless face melted around an expression of deepest sorrow, his bloodless lips trying to form words. Kilroy's efforts inspired a multitude of other floaters, his victims from Marrow's, no doubt, to do the same. When occasionally their faces broke the surface of the pitch, they whispered pleas to save them. Not far beyond the bridge, something massive rose from the water. Its bulk heaving like an island of bleached flesh, the thing that towed behind it the murmuring souls of Marrows. A semi-opaque gargantuan of cold white skin drew itself upward, gathering its power, its coiling mass, its collection of the damned, to plunge itself into the depths of the murky sea. Kilroy lifted his rubbery arms toward me. Please, for the love of God, Rosemary, help me, help me. The monster sank down into the liquid abyss, a massive whirlpool spinning in its wake. I almost didn't give a shit. Rot in the cold and dark, you worthless bastard. You got what you deserved. The other end of the bone bridge vanished to a point of complete darkness. A point that might have been 20 feet away or a million miles. With nothing to effectively gauge distance, there was no way of telling. I just kept walking. Trying to ignore the gigantic things that breached all around me, I kept my eyes focused on the way ahead. The spray from their colossal movement splashing across me. I didn't look up again until I felt the bridge shake. A lurching mass of gloom barely detached from the surrounding void of light approached. As it grew closer, I could make out mechanical sounds, like the noises Golturo's jalopy used to make. I emphasize, used to make. The city should have been mine a long time ago. But they gave it to Kilroy, on account of all his fancy occult learning and such. But I've been feeding the dark long before he showed up. Still, the dark done made good for all those years of my faithful service. They finally took me below, made me into what I should have been made into a long time ago. It took me a minute to figure out who was talking from within the huge mechanical thing. But then it dawned on me. Why, you must be old William Lansmore. Garrett's daddy, right? No wonder Team 27 couldn't find you. You were getting yourself all done up into a made man. I'm surprised they let you in the club, considering what a failure your son is. Or was. I'm guessing he didn't make the cut. He gave himself to the cause. Like the rest of us. He done his part and made me all the prouder for him. Now it's time I did my part. 
and sent you to the darkness. I was surprised that Lansmore's dark suit, or whatever it might have been called, was much larger than Golturo's, who I'd taken as a fairly important big shot from Nighthead. Or maybe the dark was just running out of lackeys to throw at us, or me. So they gave Lansmore whatever was left on the rack. I drew my Balik and let its blade stretch out into the black, writhing and glittering as well as any eel from the endless dark. Lansmore's dark suit hissed hot shadows from exhaust ports on its back, extruding a massive cannon that positioned itself over his left shoulder. A small silence settled over us, priming the violence to come. Lansmore tumbled backwards from the shots that rang out behind me. I never thought I'd hear that sound again. The pale revolvers. My hands felt oddly at peace with the revolvers, gripping them as never before. It was the white woods all over again, my hands becoming the cold rather than just feeling it. I unloaded round after round into the towering metal colossus, each shot opening holes big enough to spit through. Romy was still trying to figure it out if I was real or not, her eyes pinched in disbelief. I just hope she didn't test out any theories by uh, using that massive blade of hers on me. Romy, it's me. It, it's all right. It's really me. Isaiah! My God! You're, you're alive! She postponed any qualifying questions and immediately joined me in laying into the metal monster. I was lucky enough to catch it off guard, but we couldn't let up even for a second. The weird cannon weapon it produced radiated lethality, and I had no desire to find out precisely why. Never had I been able to fire off so many rounds before, and I couldn't recall them ever doing so much damage. It seemed the cold mother wasn't kidding about wanting Nykris dead, because she sure as hell loaded me up for bear. But, just like my reprieve from ticking and obsessing, I assumed the boost temporary. It was use it or lose it time. Romy wasn't holding anything back either. Her Balik whipped and sliced and stabbed with lunatic speed and expert precision. By shearing through all its cables and rotors and such, she was making damn sure it didn't get back up once we knocked it down. After a cherry of a shot to the chest, the armored thing fell backwards its severed leg servos incapable of countering its momentum. Once fully prone, its cannon fired out of desperation, a grayish lightning crackling into the sky. Romy was on top of the thing in an instant, her Balik separating the weapon from its shoulder. Her next pass with the blade sliced open the contraption's round helmet, liquid darkness spraying from the gash. I joined her atop our fallen foe and aimed a revolver at its head. Through the crack in its helmet, I could see a white face stretched in agony, its black eyes bulging as it seemed to gasp for air, or darkness, as the case was. I guess there's still enough reality around here for him to have to suit up. 
good to know. There wasn't so much as a tremor in her voice as she assessed our fallen enemy. This, uh, this wasn't like her. This whole damn thing. The situation. It was poison. I looked down the barrel at the thing that was once human. Tell the big lady I said thanks for the bullets. We hadn't hugged before, at least not since we were kids. But now Romy practically held me in a death grip. I was sure you were dead. I waited, but... I know. I, uh, I saw. I couldn't speak or move. Somehow or another, my, my power brought me back. And then some. She studied me for a moment having transformed back into her shrewder, more analytical self. What did you mean just now? Tell the big lady. What big lady? I I really don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. If we get out of this alive, I promise to sound you out on everything. But right now we gotta get to Nykrist. And finish this. Nodding grimly, she let go of me as a tear slid down her cheek. I lost you once. I'm not going to lose you again. We will get out alive. The farther we walk, the more complete the darkness. Even with both Romy and I pressing the gloom to give up some sliver of light, it only yielded enough for us to see each other, and nothing besides. Even the ground, while solid enough, turned up bottomless and black beneath the glow of Romy's eyes. Despite all that, my power had latched on to what I took for the primary nexus, where all the serpent lines converged. It was like a, a headache that throbbed somewhere outside of my skull, and I knew exactly where to look for it. Romy stayed quiet and close, her face a picture of concentration. She had things to tell me, but she'd wait till we'd seen this thing through. Ugh, I wish I had her confidence. The darkness finally broke across the outline of the Tower of Pitch, the Star of Dis directly above it. I was getting sick of breaking into the thing only to end up back on the outside of it. The whole converging dimensions thing was starting to annoy me. But this time, it looked like we were expected. The Twins of Nod. I didn't expect the two of you, but no matter, you are both welcome here. I was pretty sure the voice belonged to Nykrist, the son of Eels, the guy we'd come to kill. His words came from everywhere and nowhere. Next thing I knew, the darkness around us fell like a giant curtain revealing a massive cave entrance, the entrance to the mine. So now we're welcome, huh? Could have fooled me. What with all the knives you've had out for us? I was talking with the dark at this point, having nowhere to aim my words, and the dark answered. A labyrinth, a gauntlet, is as much an invitation as it is a warning. Once hard gained, the invitation's meaning can be so much better appreciated. 
The night Christ's voice vanished, and the entrance just hung in empty space. The world around it omitted entirely. As a rule, I didn't accept invitations from demons, especially when they were trying to con me into a place with only one way in or out. But I had to chalk this one up to exceptional circumstances. We were out of options. We'd have to play the room when we got there, find opportunities wherever we could. Punt. Down into the earth we went, with not a word between us, this owing to the general nosiness of the dark. We needed all the anonymity we could afford. Zeroing in on the serpent's nest, we passed the moldering mine shafts that had all but collapsed, full of open pits where the earth yawned wide and hungry. Piles of old mining carts scattered throughout, which had probably moved more bodies than earth. God only knew how many people had died down here. All that death, all for the sake of this very moment, to see the night Christ out of his deep, dark bolgia. I could feel the draw of alien powers as we crossed beyond the shattered threshold of the once hidden vault, where, during the great darkness, the townspeople of Marrows had been compelled to excavate the future accommodations for the Son of Eels. My sister sidled close and passed me the golden dagger from beneath the strange writhing cloak she'd somehow acquired. Your power will let you hide this better than me. After I stashed the dagger, I examined my hands. They should have been aching and black with frostbite from earlier, but they were right as rain. Here was one of those hidden opportunities I was hoping for. I was fairly sure that the dark had some idea of my limitations, given all the time I'd spent in it. So there was a good chance Nycrist might be banking on my guns being reasonably dry. I hoped so because I loved surprises. The room, the prehistoric temple, was massive, carved from thousands of tons of stone. And while I was no scholar of the dark, I knew that much of the leering statuary and cave paintings depicted a sort of history of the serpent lines, and the hell that followed whenever they were properly messed with. But by far the most prominent feature was the vast pool of brackish water dominating the center of the chamber. It was a cesspit of cloudy slime, teeming with untold numbers of writhing eels. The entire stone chamber dimmed, becoming translucent the second we walked to the edge of the pool, affording us a look at the star of Dis where it crested infinitely black above our heads the dour song of the dark angel soaking through the vanishing stone. Rising in tandem with the beaming star, a lean and lengthy shape pushed up through the writhing canopy of the slime pit, sloughing tuberous, unclean eels as it came. It was a kid who looked all of fifteen. He was naked above the waist, his lower body wrapped in a soaking tangle of filthy crimson silks. Instead of hair, he had locks made from dozens of squirming eels, all clamped together by a band of tarnished silver. The resulting braid throbbed and hissed over his left shoulder, but it was his eyes that stopped the show, round and white and pitiless. 
We looked out from eternities of cold, shifting darkness, belying the youthful flesh that held them in place. His voice was lilting venom. The time has finally come for the world and for us. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. And the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.